0: the lord's presence in what i just said and in that moment did not lead me to tell her that everything was going to be all right or that everything was going to work out in some particular way it was to tell her the lord will take care of you and the lord will take care of me he will take care of us i do not know what's happening here other than he's he's here and with us and i don't know i don't know what's going to happen and that that was very that was foundational for us going through this because we didn't she would want to know, is mom gonna be this, is mom gonna be that, is when's, and we would just continually point to the Lord is faithful, he's present in this, and he is gonna take regardless of, of what happens, he's gonna take care of us.
1: Welcome to No Sanity Required. From the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. My first vivid memories of knowing, okay, something's going on with Blair and Shannon, but not feeling like it was, I didn't feel like something was going on where you guys were unraveling or anything like that, just something like, you know, the Lord will put a check, he'll give you some discernment, um, was a couple of interactions that we had with y'all at our house one particular at our house and then another one when I got a call from there's three things that stand out in my mind and I don't remember the timeline mm-hmm. I got a call from a local manager of a store here the Dollar General store because something had gone down there I got a call from your brother because Shannon had and Shannon talked about all of this in mm-hmm. her in her uh, interview Got a call from your brother because she had stolen pills from them. She had stolen uh, from the local store, and then there was an interaction where y'all were at our house. Y'all were supposed to come over, and then she didn't. Yeah, she didn't come, and uh, I think it's because she was. Uh, she said she was sick, but really, something else was going on. So well, that's kind of where we are in the story. So, so pick up. Because that now this is where things start to accelerate. And I think what's happening in this next phase that you're getting ready to share is God is orchestrating in, sovereign, in his sovereignty and providentially bringing people into your life that are now going to walk through this next process, next part of the process with you, which is where you're going to go over the big mountain and start to get into some freedom. And I think he was putting that, that community around you um, so that y'all didn't go through this alone. Uh, I think that's what was happening, but yeah. So pick that, pick up right there.
0: I think you're, I think you're right about that. And those three things I can actually put on a timeline in my memory. So the bit of us being at your house was one of Kilby Lee's birthdays. Maybe I don't know, nineteen, eighteen, somewhere in there. Um, we're having dinner at your house.
1: It was her eighteenth birthday. Yeah, and yep. she
0: wanted us to be there. I remember, I remember this the first time I heard about her little friend with asthma, and she described to me that she'd, she'd met this dude, told me about him, you know, and, and described that he had some allergies and some different things. So I had created in my mind this Kermit the Frog type character, right? We'll just have some fun with this before we get to the heavy stuff. So then I meet Greg later, and as I'm meeting him, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this dude looks like all the pictures of Jesus when I was growing up. You know, <laughs> handsome, yeah. strapping... And I kind of did a double take while I was meeting him, and he's like, "What was that?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Uh, well, in my mind, you're you're Kilby's little friend with a bunch of allergies that can't swim across a pond." And we had a good laugh about it, and we still it's we still go true. back to that and laugh about it on a regular basis. But so anyway,
1: that was that's, that. By the way, that you guys have heard if you follow the the podcast, I've interviewed Greg, that's my son-in-law, and I've had Kilby on, and they they're. they're they're the missionaries in uh, northern Uganda, but that's that's what Blair's referencing.
0: So anyway, it was Kilby's birthday. I remember it because Mallory and I, uh, our daughter and I, came down separate of Shannon. So there'd been some drama or conflict at our house that was significant enough to where she said, "Y'all go ahead. I'm not. I'm not coming along." Um, and we we tell the story because I, I would tell the story because it is a really good example of what our life was like and indicative of our kind of day-to-day. So we get down to your house, we're, we're cooking food, you and I are sitting around hanging out, Shannon shows up later, obviously, you know, there's this obvious tension, and I remember saying something to you about my shortcomings or short falling, being angry or frustrated or, or something like that, looking at, looking at myself and whatever that little bit of drama was to create that separation, Um, and I, I honestly didn't know. And I think to hear you and little side of that story, like when she left, little looked at you and said, uh, she was drinking.
1: Yeah. She she was uh, drunk. She's drunk. Right. And I know she's drunk
0: and I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have a clue. I was, I was looking at me and looking at, um, what I might've been doing wrong in that situation or wrong attitude. So that that's important because that a lot of our day-to-day life went that way i mean that was one of the ways that um that i was both wrong in attitude and anger at times and then also easily manipulated in that to just have the mirror turned at me um so yeah not too long after after that incident um on you know it was just a it was just a regular afternoon uh Shannon came home uh pull, she she looked a little bit distraught pulled me out onto our back porch and said she started crying and she said um hey i you know i I was dealing with some with some memories of some tough stuff uh, I got a little desperate uh I know that you keep an eye on what we we buy and so I took a, I took a bottle of wine from dollar general and they saw it and, and they called the police. And so it was just this one thing, you know? Um, And I remember being on the porch and looking at her and saying, no, you're, you're lying. You're, you're an iceberg. There's no way that this is, you know, there's just no way that this is what it is. And so, I I grabbed Mal, and we went over to Monte Alban, to the local Mexican restaurant, had dinner. And then as I was walking out of Monte Alban, so maybe an hour later from us being on the porch, my little brother, Joel, called. And I was standing in that little breezeway.
1: So... I want to make sure that I'm, I've been taking notes, but the timeline is from when she was drunk at my house till the conversation with Joel. What was that? Uh roughly. Probably
0: counted in weeks with, but it was within maybe just months with, it was in not the same, years. Yeah okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That same period of time. Uh, she'd be able to tell you better.
1: She may have mentioned, she I don't remember if she said that we talked about this and, and, uh in the the, the episodes that she's in. But, okay, go ahead.
0: So, standing in that breezeway, I get a call from him, and he said, said, hey, I got something serious I need to talk to you about. And I'm like, "Uh, well, yeah, I got something serious to talk to you about, too. And so he begins to tell me, this is in the summer. This is late summer, like August. He begins to tell me that in the spring of the year, they had noticed – some pills missing from my sister's house and my sister and brother live uh, across the creek from each other
1: and Kilby's birthday was in May okay so that party she was having issues and in the spring they're missing so all of this is spooling up in in spring of 2018
0: yeah yeah your your memory's better than mine um so he 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 says hey look we, we've sat on this and you know he was really um it was it was it was a difficult thing for him. It was a difficult phone call to make, and he had been sitting on it for a long time. I remember him telling me, "Hey, I've been I've been back and forth on this. I've called uh, some of your friends. Sean and I have talked. Sean Clark and I have talked. I've talked to Brody about this. The only way we can, the only way I can explain these pills missing, is that Shannon has taken them. So, a couple of really." I mean, I, to go back to that first episode when I when I described who I was and how I lived for so long, I was I was a horrible sibling. Like I, I was not I was selfish. I wasn't encouraging. I was discouraging. I was belittling. I was I was the nature of the selfish and weakness inside sin that I was choosing. So uh, Joel did not grow up with the with the brother of the year, the good big brother, and the Lord has continued to piece our lives together in in forgiveness. He's used Joel in, in a lot of ways, um, both in, in friendship and brotherhood, but then also in, in business stuff where I've been given opportunities to do things through him. Um, that's, that's really, I mean, that that is an amazing thing in itself, but specifically in this story, what's happening there and this is something that the lord took me back to a number of times this is this is a very specific kindness gentleness from the lord that did not have to be in this situation but within an hour two things that are completely disconnected in the universe and time other than a sovereign god colliding them in front of me right so shannon Shannon gets busted in the moment. The, the truth of that story was that she saw somebody stealing in Dollar General, went and told people that we know, hey, those people over there are stealing. They went back and looked at the camera and found Shannon, and then they started going back on the camera and found her more. So that was the culmination. Wow. That was the culmination of what had happened in that store, and then, and then you get a call. And then Joel had literally been sitting on that. For a long time, had not mentioned it. He and I were in regular communication. And so he makes that phone call. And it it was like the Lord was saying, This is me, like this the sky is about to fall, but I'm doing this. Um this is this is in my plan, and we're 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 pulling this stuff out into the light. And in the moment it was I I think it was more meaningful through time as I kept looking back at that when things got really difficult, really hard, uh, really painful, really lonely, whatever they were, that that gave me it, it gave a there are a handful of them in this in this story, but that was one that was significant. Um because within gosh, within an hour, I'm in the car headed down to their house with Mallory just to get her a safe place and we are on the side of the road at the airport over here because Mallory has completely lost it. She is she is crying, she is undone. She knows something is wrong. She knows and and there's no way that I can hide what's going on from her. You know, I just tell her point blank, mom's mom's been using drugs and drinking um and then that was also a moment where I the lord the lord the Lord's presence in what I just said, and in that moment did not lead me to tell her that everything was going to be all right or that everything was going to work out in some particular way. It was to tell her the Lord will take care of you, and the Lord will take care of me. He will take care of us. I do not know what's happening here other than he's he's here and with us, and i don't know I don't know what's going to happen and that that was very, that was foundational for us going through this because we didn't, she would want to know, is mom going to be this? Is mom going to be that? Is when's? And we would just continually point to the Lord is faithful. He's present in this and he is going to take, regardless of, of what happens, he's going to take care of us.
1: And she was, I think was Mallory then around nine. Yeah. She was born in 09. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so a um, couple things when Blair said they pulled over by the airport, you got to picture this. We have a little small, it's like a,
0: it's more pasture.
1: Yeah. It's a little An local. Airport. You've seen these in uh rural communities where it's more like a, a club landing strip, like guys, like our, guys that are into flying, you know, it's not like a big airport. It's, it's literally laying in the middle of a bunch of cornfields. Mm-hmm. So you're talking a rural back road and y'all were, y'all were staying up Healy fields at this point
0: no we had moved you
1: just pulled over you were coming from i was headed to georgia headed because i'd forgotten this part of it you took mallory to your brothers to get her into a Mm -hmm. a, just
0: because i didn't know what was happening Mm -hmm. next i knew immediately um that it was you know like i like i said to shannon you're you're an iceberg like there's this isn't isolated and this isn't all of it right um and she was beginning to come unspooled and that i had i had family that i could trust and rely on my brother and sister and then i had a cousin that that eventually had mal for about 4 weeks and did um did the same type of homeschool that we do here and cried with her in the night and i mean the lord the lord really provided for us there cuz the the very next thing after i came back up here was us literally calling Shannon to repentance on a daily basis for about two weeks. Um, Sean and I would sit at our kitchen table. We used uh, Psalm one thirty nine as a model, and and we would walk through that daily or every few days. I don't. Sean would remember how many times he was over there, but we would we would just sit and she would be she would be remorseful for the for the pain that she was in for the consequences of her decision but she wasn't capable of repentance she she just couldn't get there she would say that she was sorry but she could not get to a heart level on in that situation and after after a couple of weeks of that we made a really tough decision that that she was not safe in our home um and we had just moved. We were living in the house we were living for two weeks. I mean, it's insane how the Lord. I mean, my my mind, the depths, of the riches and knowledge of God. I can't even get my head around how He was setting all this stuff up ahead of time. I had randomly gone to a Christian counselor, um, a biblical counselor, over in Tennessee, just to. I felt like I was supposed to do it. The guy
1: we've used a bunch, and you got to yeah. make an appointment to get into this guy. You that's just right. drove over, right? You just popped in.
0: No, I th- I probably had to make an appointment. Might, but but you went, went to there. go see him. And and really to go back to the story that I told you, where I was constantly looking at, I must be angry, I must be judgmental, I must be because I'm constantly frustrated, you know. But I'm I'm living in a situation that's different than everything that I'm seeing. Um, so I went to him with that, but I just sat down and said, i basically just told him the story up to that day. So basically that first podcast that we did and said, here it is. And Tom is his name. Tom, he he was a little bit annoyed with me because he's like, all right, why are you here? And I said, I don't know. I'm just going to talk to you. Like I got an hour and a half of your time. Uh, he said, "Well, if you want to do marital counseling' They're
1: paying you- good money to be sitting in his chair <laughs> dad gummit. let me have my let me have my run No Christian counselors they make a good living
0: <laughs> so um, and he's he 's another we haven 't sent this to him, but he was greatly encouraged through this whole process and became aware he, you know he 'd look at me at different times as we met you know periodically he 's two hours away across the Curviest dang road in the country, right? Over
1: the tail of the dragon,
0: right? That's how hard it is to find good counsel. So, he said, "Look, if you want to do marriage counseling, you got to have your spouse here. You ain't get anywhere with this." Um, I said, "Well, that's that's not really an option." Um, but the Lord had already prepared that. We had just moved into a house over here that I found while I was out running from this office one day. I went for a run. I saw a paper on the house. It was a foreclosed house. That's the kind of business that we had been doing. I checked on it. It happened to be the time that the house could be purchased. There happened to be no competition on it. I bought it thinking that it was going to be work. We put our house for sale up in the woods and it sold immediately. The first time in many years that anything had sold quickly there.
1: Yeah, it's not right now you can sell stuff left and right. At that point, Everything was kind of stalled. It was hard to sell.
0: Especially up there. Yeah. That was an old community and, and it had a bad reputation for some different stuff. And it sold just like that. And we didn't have anywhere to live, but we had this, this little two-bedroom, two-bath house that was going to be work. And I'm like, well, it looks like this is it. We were there this night that I'm describing was, was two weeks to the day that we had moved into that house. So I leave, take Mal, come back. We call Shannon to repentance. We see that she's not capable of what we're requesting, which means she's not safe in our house. And through through a really quick process, she moves into the home of another family in our community that opened their home in, in a big way. I mean, this is not a small ask, right? Like, I don't even know it's like handing them something and go, Hey, this is on fire and I don't know how I don't know if you're gonna get burned. I don't know how big the fire's gonna get, but we can't have it in our in our house. Are you willing to serve in this way? And they were, but it I mean it was in it was intense. They were they were in the middle of the night, the Lord wake waking one of them up and going down and having a confrontation with Shannon on on what she was hiding. Uh they were they was praying against Spiritual force. I mean, it. It. They took on a really intense role, and and served and loved us. I mean, beyond words. Mm-hmm. Right. They mm-hmm. stepped up, and then Shannon was. We we had heard about both from this counselor I went to see. Because then, you know, in this moment, I call him and go, "Uh, I know we were getting to know each other, but this just happened." And he mm-hmm. he didn't chuckle, but he's like, "All right." Right, I'm I'm suited up for this, and he and Sean we we actually created a, a a list of two or three places that work with women in this situation, and I began to sit down here in the office and call them and learn about them, and um, the one that lined up between the two was uh, Vision of Hope up in Lafayette, Indiana, but they you don't just walk up in there, right? Right. They That's ain't taking right. all comers. Like they, they want to see if you're serious. Yeah. You go through an interview process. Um so she lived in their basement, I think, for two months before she left. So Mal and I were were living here down in, in town and she was up with uh Bo and Debbie Gray living in their basement. And we would we would visit a little bit during that time. Um but it was you know obviously that's difficult. I don't. I don't think I've got to explain that if you're down at your house with your daughter and and your wife is living in in one of your friend's basements, um, that's a things things were getting real.
1: Yeah. Um, what was the um, go back to when she's living at at Bo and Debbie's? Mm-hmm. And she talked about that, and she talked about you know going to Walmart with Debbie and you know mm-hmm. going to the back of the store and. And guzzling box wine and you know just sneaking and doing her thing so she was you're right she was not repentant when you said that a while ago you know I remembered her sitting across from me in that chair and saying you know i I was I was essentially I was dealing with some sorrow and some anxiety over things like was not happy was not settled the world sorrow but yeah yeah it was worldly sorrow no not godly sorrow and that <clears throat> Where that's evidenced is, you know, she's living with it. For, I mean, Bo and Debbie Gray are—they're just godly people mm-hmm. who care about people, yep. who mean the world to a lot of people. They're mm-hmm. just—they're those matriarchal patriarchal types that you need in your church, you need in your faith community, you need people like that in your life. And they—they they are the kind of people. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said something to the effect of. <clears throat> Well, I think it was him. Uh, I I was recently we we did a I'm I'm derailed here for just a second. We did a thing for Tuck, uh, like a uh, a going away um, get together with a bunch of my family and um and I addressed him mm-hmm. and I gave some ma- some quotes on manhood and one of them's an MLK quote, but uh, this is actually a different quote and I'm getting confused. But the quote is something the effect of the measure of a man is. Uh, how he treats those who offer him nothing. You know, or, or something to that effect. And he stands to gain nothing. And that's Bo and Debbie. Like, I mean they basically remodeled their basement into an efficiency apartment, a cool little place. Right. So they they
0: had some family live there for a
1: while and then And we've had multiple families. We've had uh Gar Bozeman on here, him and his absolutely. family live there. Yeah. Um yeah so so in that kindness that they're extending to Shannon and this is where addiction becomes and i want people to 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 it just from an analytical standpoint addiction becomes you kind of go outside of yourself and because you're in it's such a double-edged sword because you're in captivity to this thing but you're also in rebellion choosing mm-hmm. the captivity right so it's right. you can't you can't just say oh she's an addict and she's enslaved to this thing he's an alcoholic and he can't help himself and he's But you also can't say, he just needs to get over it. She just needs to quit using the pills. It's not, so people tend to run to those two extremes. You know, there's the bless God, you know, get over it. Jesus is good enough. Well, yes, Jesus is good enough. But this person is dealing with addiction. And what happens is so many things get woven together and twisted. So. When a person is dealing with that kind of addiction, they become borderline sociopathic because a sociopath is described as someone who feels no empathy, no sympathy, and so in and so an addict lives in constant self-preservation mode constant instant gratification mode so they never consider deferred gratification they never think about what does this mean or Or ramification consequence so they don't think if i if i make a choice right now that will be good for me one day or one year from now they don't think that way or they don't think if i make a choice right now it's going to be destructive for me one year or one day from now. They don't think that way. They don't care. And then the third thing is people who are sociopathic don't care about they, they have no empathy or sympathy, so they don't care about others. So as much as Shannon had this innate motherly instinct to love Mallory, for instance, the 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 addiction drives the sociopathic tendency. This is why you see moms, like Little's jail ministry, she's talking to moms in the jail who are weeping at the Bible study and saying, please pray for my kids, but when they get out, they don't go to their kids, they go straight back to the meth house. That's right. Because it's, it's so convoluted and everything's twisted up, and that's where Shannon was to yep. a degree, and then it took moving in with, I think it took moving in with Bo and Debbie and being separated from y'all not to trigger something in her that all of a sudden she goes oh my gosh i'm losing my family but for her to, there was a point there where she realized the depths of her enslaved mm. enslavement to addiction when she's sneaking and stealing all of a sudden i think there was it, it came through in her in her interview where it's like something clicked oh my gosh what am i doing with my life right now
0: and you you're you're exactly right jesus is enough but Jesus as a cliche is not, right? That's strong. I mean, that, yeah. that. that is it exactly. And when she was up there, you know, I referenced, um, th- there was a night where Debbie was awoken sleep and and very specifically burdened and instructed to go down, wake Shannon up and ask her what she was hiding. And th- this shows the, the depth of some of the, just the nature of what you were just describing. What they would go to the library and Shannon had been walking around town picking up cigarette butts and putting them in an envelope, right? To then hide and sneak off from their house saying that she was going for a walk to get some exercise and smoke whatever was left on whatever was laid. I mean it Yeah. I mean it it was really Yeah, that was really intense. Um and that, again, you know, we were we were seeing on a regular basis the Lord reminding us, "I'm here, um, and I'm I'm doing like, this may be messy and painful, but I'm I'm right here in the middle of this." And he he was given and gave markers continually through that process. So she she was there for I think about two months, mm. and went, I drop. Well, yeah, I remember it was Halloween when I drove her to Lafayette, Indiana It was, she was it, at it was Halloween
1: she was at the grays for two, about two months
0: I think so august September October
1: yeah what go, let's go back to so okay, the dollar general thing happened, which Shannon explained, which now she laughs about. What we laughed about it, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're stealing she got welcome back in <laughs> still, you know you you know you've- wel- you've been welcomed back home. And welcome back to Dollar General when you can all laugh about it, including the manager. You know, it's a country
0: music song. It
1: really is, um, and unfolding before our eyes. So, from Dollar General to uh, the episode at my house where she couldn't come to the party, but it's because really she was lit, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, she was drunk. I don't know if lit's the word nowadays. I think that might mean something else nowadays, but that's what it used to mean. Um, then stealing pills from your brother and sister in law, mm. stealing pills from us, yeah,
0: and an, and a number of people wherever they were and wherever she. I mean, I think when we get to the end of the story and she goes, she comes back home and has to, you know, the Lord directs her um, through the discipleship of this biblical counseling to go and and confess and repent to a number of people. I I don't remember who all it was, but mm. you know, like hey. You were missing pills or I think I think her thing was uh to take some other pills and, and fill the narcotics halfway mm-hmm. full so you didn't you didn't notice right away. So yeah. that's what happened at my brother and sisters. They didn't they didn't have use of those, we're not using those, mm-hmm. and then at some point, you know, the level of pills in the thing it, it never changed. At some point somebody opened it up and they were like, Uh, that's ibuprofen. Mm. What's happened here?
1: They pieced it together.
0: But I mean I even in telling that and living it, I'm still amazed that the Lord chose to do it that way, just to collide those things Mm. in that, in that one hour span. What a kindness that was to me, Mm -hmm. a gentleness of a father to not, to not do it all for me and to Mm -hmm. not make it easy. It wasn't easy and not to take all the pain away, but to give me something to help me trust faith is, you know, Faith is trusting. It's believing. It's also trusting. It's falling backwards and knowing you're going to get caught, right? It's, and and to do that for me, specifically me and Mal, and for me to be able to go to that uh, a number of times in a number of different ways in different situations as the as the months, and that year played out, it's really a kindness.
1: So, and after a couple of, a couple of months at the Grays, you decide to take your wife mm-hmm. and she's willing to go at that point. Yeah. Enjoy. I think she
0: knows there's no other There's no choice. That's, the, that's the
1: only door she can walk through but if she I, wants to keep her family.
0: I think you were correct as well that you know once you're at some point two months living in your friend's basement looking around smoking There's a reality cigarette butts
1: that you picked up on. The
0: there's a street. reality check there, but yeah. she she's staring directly at what she knows is the not only the part of her behavior but the part of the pain in her heart that she doesn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. and she knows here yet again that's where this is going to try to go the light is going to try to get all the way into that darkest closet Mm -hmm. and do i want to i'd rather you know her attitude at for most of what we discussed last week was i'd rather die Mm -hmm. than get the light into that closet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but she she's probably aware that that's coming
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we end up in Indiana. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where we'll pick up in the next episode. And we're going to, in that we're going to really get into and kind of scrutinize a little bit different thoughts and approaches to Christian counseling. Mm -hmm. And this is where after Shannon's two episodes, and now these two episodes, we want to kind of cap this whole thing off with uh, people that are looking for Solid biblical counseling. There's just some things they need to be aware of, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we'll get into some of that conversation, and we'll 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 look at the last year of the story, which is not the last year. Obviously, the, a couple of years have passed since then, but mm-hmm. I'm just kind of where y'all are now, and and the role that vision of hope and 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 legitimate, biblically based and driven and sufficient counseling mm-hmm. played in that. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick that up. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.